All right, folks, welcome on into another edition of the High School Huddle, your one-stop shop for everything and all things Section 5 Sports. I'm AJ Felma. He's Carl Jones. We got a busy show for you, sectionals about to start or underway or reaching their championships or some of them have already done so we got a lot to get to on the show uh busy time busy time as we always like to say yeah i'm loving it i mean you, you see the intensity ramp up a little bit the parents in the crowd are a little bit more um uh, loud and, and boastful back there a couple of the games that i've been to but it's fun man i mean this is what everyone's been working for hard so hard for in the off season and in the summer and it's all cultivating to who can see they can who can uh raise those bricks you know, temperatures getting low. The scores are getting low. I've I wasn't in Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, I was in Monday, but now I'm just seeing these scores coming. It's like one nothing on these games. I'm seeing you know zero zero decided by penalty kick shootouts. Like, man, things are things are getting tight out there. That's for sure. And those zero zero games are not what I want to see. Thankfully, I wasn't at one of those games. But um, I mean, shout out. To, I mean, I, I don't mind defense. It's just that when it comes to my job, I do. So, um, shout out to everybody who out there competing. But if, if you see me on the sideline, let's 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 get some goals, baby. Let's get some goals. All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of lack of offense, uh, the elephant in the room, the elephant behind Carl's back shoulders. Tough loss for the boys, the Syracuse Orange this week. Man, I'm still hurting. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I'm looking at rankings. I, obviously, I'm a diehard college fan, and I'm listening to my podcast and Clemson this, Clemson that. And I'm like, we had them. We had them, you know? And people can say what they want about, you know, refs and play calling and this, that, and the third. I'm, we just got to execute better. And we we faltered down the stretch. Uh, penalties that just didn't make any sense on our end. And we got to do better. I mean, flat out. And I think we did prove to the country that we do belong. I don't think anything is a fluke with that program, but it still hurts. And they got to turn around quick because they got the Golden Domers coming to the JMA Wireless uh, Dome. It's don't even sound right to say that, but um, this this uh this Saturday. But I'm still hurting, y'all. If y'all see me, I'm I'm hurting. I'm sorry. Yeah, and no. uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they have this right. Um, with with Clemson being in their division, an ACC championship game out of the picture for this part. But uh, I think what are we going for now? Uh, uh, a New Year's Six, uh, a Power Six Bowls. That's that's what we're kind of running for right now. We're going for a New Year's Six. We, we can't win the ACC title, which is why we should get rid of divisions, but that's another podcast for another day. Um, yeah, hopefully we go camping world. I don't know if the Orange Bowl is in the playoff, but if not, those kids in Miami, I might be down there with them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, like, it's still a lot to play for for this season, for sure. Definitely. A uh, lot to play for this week coming up in uh, high school football. The regular season is in the books. Playoffs are here. Uh, we're going to continue through with our rankings. Um, these rankings are going to get a lot easier as they go with, uh, you know, teams getting eliminated, teams falling out, teams rising up. But we're going to keep the rankings going until uh, it does not make sense to do so. Um, the team that uh, we'll start with our large school rankings. No surprise who comes in at number one. It's the U Prep Griffins. They complete their undefeated regular season at 8-0. If you want some more analysis on the U Prep Griffins, listen to last week's show, listen to the week's show before that, because the game story was just about the same uh, with U Prep as what they've done seemingly the last couple of weeks. They play a team that doesn't have as good of a record as them, seemingly doesn't have enough as much talent as them. They win, they play it tight, they play tight through three quarters, they kind of start to pull away in the fourth quarter, and some penalties that didn't really uh, you know, help them out offensively. So same old U prep, same old W. We can't stress that enough. We're really not ragging on U prep. They keep getting wins in double A. They're the only team to go undefeated, but 
We'll see what happens. Semifinals uh, championship. Other thing that we want to note, um, and we will know this right off the bat with the way that the New York state tournament is set up right now. And the way that the brackets shake out this year, section five is getting some at large bids in this state tournament in class double a in class a and in class D there will be two representatives for each class. So in double A, both teams that make the same in double A, both teams that make the sectional championship, they're going to the state tournament. In class A, both the A1 and A2 representative will be going to the state tournament. We talked a little bit before about how, you know, we were looking forward to seeing a potential Schrader versus East clash. That might have to wait all the way to the state championship game if that happens. So you got two in, in class A. And then in class D, you've got two teams coming in class D, AKA you're going to have OAE making it to the state tournament in some way or form. And then the team that probably loses to OAE in the sectional championship game. Um, so, so that's just interesting to note. I learned that last week. So certainly next week, it's going to be really interesting because those semifinal games are going to be tickets, you know, to the state tournament. Um, but just wanted to get that out of the way while I uh, remembered it, honestly. Um, at number two, Victor, seven and one, a, a win over McQuaid last week. They end their regular season on a seven game winning streak. And we were kind of talking about this before. Obviously, week one of the regular season, you prep beat Victor. It's close game. You prep one in the fourth quarter. But if you simply had to look at their body of work in the last seven weeks, you know, and it's, it's fair to do this, but you know, a little bit fair because, you know, week one, things a lot change from week eight. In the last seven weeks, if you just looked at their resumes, there's no question you put Victor number one right now. That's how good Victor's been playing down the stretch. Yeah, and it's, and, and it's not really knocking you prep in that regard. It's just saying Victor has looked really, really stout throughout the entire, throughout these seven weeks on all three phases. I uh, saw them at uh, Russian Rieta get it done in the special teams and, and in the offensive side of the ball. And then also defensively, they're stout as well. So the Blue Devils, who early on in the year, we were like, eh, they play? You prep tight? Is this the year where they turn things around? Well, they did. And this is a, this is their year before, for sure. And uh, they don't look like they're slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, and, and we always talk about Victor as this uh, ground and pound team that somehow gets it done. We kind of correct ourselves the office, offense, uh, office. They can throw the ball a little bit. They're just big. Victor no, yeah. is big. They're just big dudes. Victor always has big dudes. Yeah, like yeah. Sorry for the disrespect before about oh they can't nah like these they they're a well-rounded offense. All right, like you said, they just are physical guys who you know can be physical in the pass and running game as well. Uh, number three in our rankings, uh, Schrader, eight and zero. Drew Pagano did not play a quarterback um, in their regular season finale. Um, he did leave week seven early. Um, I think we mentioned that last week's show. He did not play in week eight, from what I saw on uh, the varsity stream um, in their week eight game. They didn't really need him in that game. Um, I think, what did they play? Olympia Odyssey or no, they played, uh, they played Arcadia. So they, they'll play Olympia Odyssey this week. Um, they won't really need him for that too. Um, but um, so they got it done 27 to six over Arcadia with their backup quarterback. Obviously something interesting to watch down the line. McQuaid at number four. Dropped two spots because of their loss to Victor, six and two. Certainly, they're they're going to be still in the mix coming down the stretch. And number five, the Hilton Cadets, seven and one. Yes, we are moving Hilton above East, uh, who went eight and zero on the season. We're jumping Hilton up five uh, to number five. They just got a done against Canandaigua, and same boat as Victor. Ever since that 
loss in the very beginning, first game of the season to Schrader, where Schrader won on, you know, last minute, last few minutes touchdown. Hilton's just been balling out. Yeah, and remember when we first started the season, we were like, Hilton dropping down to single A, are they going to be able to, like, just dominate and impose their will on, you know, a lower classification? And outside of the hiccup in week one, which came down to the end of the fourth quarter, they've done so in a convincing fashion in and out the regular season with a nice, nice win over Canadagua where um, East, I don't want to say struggled, but they definitely, it, it was a dogfight, right? It was a, definitely a dogfight to get the win over the Braves at home. Hilton, they took care of business and got it done. So that drop down from AA to A and combined with just a, a better team this year, that's looking real, real nice heading into the, uh, the postseason. Yeah, we were we circled that Hilton Canadaigua game. We really wanted to get out to that Hilton Canadaigua game, but because of a uh, the U Prep game started late because of uh, Senior Night introductions and U Prep uh, doing their classic U Prep thing as of late, and then Hilton just blew the door out on Canadaigua. They were up four touchdowns at the half. Um, Hilton, man, yeah, you know, we've we've talked a lot about Canadaigua, um, you know, not having their typical Canadaigua, but Hilton, another impressive result for the Cadets. Maybe that there's certainly a lot of games to watch in this uh, sectional tournament. Um, that rematch between Schrader and Hilton is certainly going to be one to watch. At number six, uh, no surprise here, as we, we literally just said it, East is at uh, our number six spot with an 8-0 record. Haven't faltered of late, haven't faltered at all this season, just knocked down because of uh, Hilton's impressive win over Canadagua. At number seven, this is where it starts to get a little bit murkier. Um, we we've, we seem to have found our top six teams, certainly on talent and results, these top six teams, all these teams below it. Some of them have some good results so far. Some of it have a, some of them have a lot of good talent, but just haven't gotten the wins that, you know, they're certainly capable of. So we're not going to say, you know, like, spoiler alert, number seven is Pittsburgh at three and five. If, if two weeks from now we're talking about Pittsburgh figuring it all out, their guys getting healthy and winning the sectional championship. We wouldn't be surprised. No, I mean, like they, their quarterback receiver combo, I would probably say off the top of my head is probably the best in section five. I mean, maybe the Schrader uh, duo got something to say about that and, and they'll use this as motivation, uh, but no Pittsburgh with their, their combo when, whenever they're clicking and they can, you know, get a couple stops on defense. That's a team who can, who can go toe to toe with just about anybody. Yeah. And, you know, Jackson Green, he hasn't played since um, that Aquinas game. Well, I, uh, I'm going to correct myself there. He definitely didn't play against U Prep. I don't know what he did against Edison or Pittsburgh, the fact, or Edison or Christian Brothers Academy out of Syracuse. The fact that when WSYR sent me highlights from that game, it did not contain any Jackson Green leads me to believe that he did not play in this game. Um, but I do not know that for sure, honestly. So, um, but if Jackson Green is healthy, certainly that changes things uh, for Pittsburgh. At number eight, Canadagua at six and two. Once again, you know, tough loss to Hilton. Uh, you know, just, you know, they're trying to figure out. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Canadagua flips the switch, beats East, and, you know, makes a little flirty deep run in the state tournament. But certainly for right now, um, at number eight at six and two. At number nine, the Penfield Patriots. The Penfield Patriots at four and four on the season. They beat Aquinas in the last week of the regular season. Uh, really a, a surprising result. You know, you talk about this Penfield program. Last year, they won one game. 
Um, I believe I'm pretty positive. It's tough looking back this far, but two years ago in the, the spring season, I believe they also won one game. And then before that, they were playing an independent schedule just because, you know, they were like, you know, we're going to we're going to make our own schedule. We're going to schedule some teams from the Syracuse area, things like that. We're, we're going to get ourselves to feel good about ourselves so we don't, you know, lose to, you know, Aquinas by a thousand points or whatever. And now Penfield has certainly if they haven't completed their return, they beat Aquinas. Um, you know, they got two late touchdowns, um, a nice run, a pick six. And Penfield knocks off Aquinas, four and four, our number 19 on the rankings. I saw Penfield earlier on in the year when they uh, traveled to Fairport and shut them out. And we were like, whoa, hold on. Like, what, timeout. What, what's going on over here? And they, they're solid. I mean, they got a gun, bunch of guys who, you know, they can run the ball a little bit. And obviously with their defense as well, they got a pick in that game where I was at as well. And clearly a pick six against uh, Aquinas. But they're a solid ball club. And it's good to see, you know, um, we did a couple stories early on in the year with teams were rising back to, you know, a semblance of a, a, a normal football program and Penfield doing the same this year as well. I uh, love that for the kids, man, especially those, those seniors who will probably want some of the more lean years and get to go out um, as a winner. Yeah. And P Penfield will get Pittsford in the first round. That was a game earlier in this regular season where it was a blowout. It was 45 to 14 in favor of the Panthers, but that was week two. It's been a long time since then. Penfield seemed to have found something. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm predicting a Penfield upset, but uh, certainly shout out to the Penfield Patriots. And then at number 10, we're going to go with Brighton at six and two on the season. They had a nice win against the Ronda Coits, uh, this past week. Um, their quarterback uh, Martinovich had three passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. He was uh, doing it all while I was there. Getting me some nice highlights. Letting me get out of there, which uh, I appreciated that. Um, so Brighton, you know, six and two, their losses on the season to who you would expect them to lose to. It was Schrader and it was Hilton. Um, none of those games particularly close. They did. They were a little feisty against Hilton. Um, they lost 35, 20. That game was certainly no slam dunk, but Hilton was able to grind it out. And, uh, you know, if there's going to be a sleeper in that a one bracket, it's going to be Brighton, uh, six and two coming off of their, uh, uh, their sectional championship game appearance last year. And then heading over to the small school rankings, no surprise who's at number one, Batavia, um, capping off an undefeated regular season. It's funny how, like, back in probably, I don't know, week two, week three, we are like, oh, I'm going to roll, look athletic. Oh, snap. HFL looking dominant. Oh, and then, lo and behold, Batavia just cruising, trucking all along right uh, the entire way and finishing off their season with an ain't no record. And then behind them uh, is Monroe at number two. I saw them this past weekend. Uh, uh, at their home stadium when they took on Palmac, they're explosive. Uh, their starting quarterback did not play. Don't know what that was about. Um, don't know if that's going to be a long-term thing. But even without him, they still were able to put up points in bunches. Uh, I'm interested if they do meet up with Tavia at a later date. Because Tavia has the athletes to, you know, shut down those uh, – not shut them down, but, you know, keep contained with the Red Jackets like they did early on in the regular season. But I wonder in, in a second matchup, what would happen, you know? Always good, always good to see that. And then number three, OAE doing OAE type things. I mean, I, I don't want to look at this week's score because I know it's probably worse than what it was the week before that. But the <laughs> OAE once again uh finishing off another undefeated regular season. And then HFL at four at a six and two record, uh bouncing back from a couple of L, uh from a from back to back L's, I believe, right? To Monroe and Batavia. 
I believe that was back to back. Yes, yeah, that was back to back. So them getting back on track um, is good for the, for their psyche. Um, and then um, and that that HFL game. Um, shout out to to Bob Chavez uh, of uh, the Democrat and Chronicle and uh, and company. Uh, they won their game with their center playing quarterback um, against uh, Dansville Waco. They beat them twenty eight to seven. Carson Joint, their backup or their start, their center. Playing a quarterback, uh, Matt Meacham uh, injured. Um, Andrew Wanzenried apparently can also play some backup quarterback. Um, both both injured. Their JV quarterback he had played on Monday, so you need enough rest. Um, so th- so they asked the guy. He's like, "Hey, you want to play some quarterback?" And he's like, "Sure, let's do it." Um, it it's also nice because uh, his brother Reese, uh, I covered him for a couple years. He was their starting quarterback. Um, a fun a fun thing for the center to get to play some quarterback get a win last game of your regular season and your senior season so uh that's just a fun story that came out of that um i did reading through the article he mentioned uh something like uh you know I, you know big bro i've got a 100 winning percentage as a quarterback you lost some games you lost some games so uh so shout out to, uh, to bob chavez uh for bringing that story i wanted to highlight that here no that's hilarious everyone wants to play quarterback come on like i don't care how much trash they get in the locker room or anything like that everyone wants to be the quarterback exactly in the end of regular season uh my man was able to do that so shout out to the cougars uh in that regard and then the rest of the way is kind of chalk on what it was last week we got Leroy with a, a shutout 21-0 win over uh letchworth letchworth warsaw perry uh that's a nice solid win letchworth um it's a solid uh, ball club as you saw earlier on in the year attica uh shutting out Bath, I mean not Bath, Haverling, 30, uh, 30 to nothing. ERG won by forfeit. Pinyan Dundee with a convincing win, 48 to 8. They're at number eight. And then at nine, Alexander in class D trucking along at, with a 7-0 record. I'm not I just want to see them against OAE. I honestly I just want to see like because obviously OAE is, is nothing to mess around with, but I want to see if how big is the gap that, if, you know I'm trying like I'm, I'm just trying to see, you know, especially if this is because this actually is a division where two representatives go on to the state tournament. So I, I, I want to see the Section Five have like two state championship quality teams, or is just OAE just like on some dynastic generational type run right now? And then, yeah. <laughs> so that 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 would be fun for sure. Yeah, I mean OAE, OAE uh, I believe they're number two in the state. So. Um... And then, you know, they're trying to do their thing. And then um, b- back to what you're saying about Class C, everybody chalk. That was a pretty impressive win by Leroy. Um, it's tough to, to shut down that Letchworth Warsaw Perry, uh, the run-heavy attack for, you know, a full four quarters. So shout out to them for getting that done. And I also want to highlight, we've had these four teams at the top of our, our rankings, Leroy, Penyon, Dundee, Attica, ERG. They did all end up in one through four of the Class C bracket. So, you know, things can get a little funny with, you know, season schedules especially in class c where there's 12 teams and not even everybody just plays class c teams so things can get a little weird just based on your schedule and your power rankings things like that i was wondering if we were going to see you know something screwy happen where one of these teams drops to five or six or something and we'd get that matchup in the first round we didn't get that so the teams that we think are the four best on paper will uh, get the home games in that quarterfinal game to potentially set up a nice class c final four Man, that's gonna be ooh, that final four will be nice. Those four teams uh play like chalk. And to end things off, Kennesaw Greenwood, uh eight no regular season. They'll uh <clears throat> excuse me, 
they they're the, obviously the one seed in the eight man. Pembroke is number two with a seven and one record. They beat Pembroke 28-14 early on in the season. So if they do end up meeting up in the uh in the eight man championship, will revenge be on the Dragons' minds? Who know? But Kennedy or Greenwood, impressive regular season. Uh we're awarding them with our 10 spot. Exactly. Um, we're looking forward to those uh football brackets starting up this weekend. Uh, other sports already into full gear. Um, we're going to start uh, recapping some of the stuff that's happened in the last week. Uh, we'll start with girls soccer here. Um, uh, a pretty eventful first couple of weeks or first week, first couple of games. We're already into our championships. Um, in double A, we had Hilton upsetting number one top seeded uh, Penfield by a one to nothing result in the penalty shootout. That was the kind of game that I alluded to. So Hilton grinds that one out. They are going on to the sectional championship game where they will play on play against Schrader. Um, you, you talk about Schrader, you talk about Hilton winning their game 0-0. I think the over-under on that game is 0.5. <laughs> if, I, if I had to put my money on that game, it might be a 0-0 penalty kick shootout. Um, so offense is going to be at a premium in that game. That's for sure. Yeah, because I saw I was at the Schrader Penfield game and it was low scoring in that same regard, and everyone was like, "Oh, is it like the one they scored one goal? That was it." And I'm just like, "Yeah, whatever." No, <laughs> you, you ain't lying. I, you might have to juice the the over as well, just to, to have someone yeah. fight on the over on that as well. And then, so that is the Double A girls soccer. That game will be played at five o'clock, and then. In the uh, the Class A sectional championship game, we talked about Mended last uh, last week as a team that had not lost this season. They cannot say that anymore as the Churchville Chilai Saints uh, defeated them, a four seed over the one seed. Uh, Jenna Northrup, who else for Churchville Chilai, with a, uh, a 1-0 victory over the Vikings, ending their season. In the other half of the bracket, uh, you know, we really tried to not discount Spencerport um, as much as we physically possibly could. And uh, once again, Spencerport is in the sectional championship game with a 2-0 win over Athena. Shots on goal of that game were 14 to, well, 16 to four rather. So another dominant performance by Spencerport. Uh, you know, Spencerport, Spencerport. Championship DNA, man. This is the <laughs> That's all, that's all it is, you know, like those those girls have, you know, may not have the experience of the girls who left before, but they've seen uh, their their previous, um, I guess, elders in those same spots before and they know what it takes. And then for the boys soccer um, here in double A, we've actually got these games going on tonight as we record this on Thursday. So it's going to be a little bit outdated, but Fairport and Brighton are meeting in the first semifinal game. McQuay taking on Hilton in the other semifinal game. I just want to point out last week, I identified Hilton as my under the radar team while they are, um, you know, they were lower in seed at the time. I forgot that they had made the state, uh, I believe it was the state championship game last year. So maybe not the best pick for my sleeper. Um, you know, they did lose Cody Cavuto. Um, so, you know, you can make a case, but I just want to acknowledge if you listened last week and you were yelling at your, uh, your device saying, AJ, how is Hilton under the, they just, they just won. La All right. I heard you through uh, some, somehow I was able to hear you. Uh, so that's just all I'm going to say about that. Now, I do remember you saying that I'm like, right in the office, not when we record, I'm like, yeah, th this was the Cody Cabuto show last year. 
But nonetheless, there's a new season. That's what coaches always tell us, right? It's a new season, new team, right? Well, we apply that same logic with the podcast. Exactly. And then in Class A, we've got our semifinal matchup set. You've got Thomas versus Spencerport. And then you've got Sutherland taking on Athena, who knocked off top dog Wayne. Uh, it was a 4-0 result. Uh, Carly was saying maybe not quite a 4-0 style of game, but Athena got it done when it mattered most. Yeah, in the first half, um, I'm not too like analytical with my soccer terminology, y'all, but I know what my eyes are telling me. Um, Wayne had the uh, had possession of the ball a little bit more often than Wayne, uh, Athena did, especially in the first half. But when Athena had their opportunities, they took advantage of it and executed. Um, uh, I had a great crosser into the uh, into the box that um, kind of deflected in. And then another opportunity where their forward just took on the Eagles defense one on like three at one point and scored. So the Trojans, you know, took it to Wayne. And I mean, regardless of who Wayne played in their regular season, they were they still went unscathed. So that's nothing to sneeze at, regardless of who you played. And Athena got things done. And I know Wayne uh, really wanted to get that matchup with Sutherland when I talked to the kids, but sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles. And Athena, with the composure and the and the swagger that they were rocking uh, Tuesday night, Sutherland uh, better not overlook them. Yeah, and Athena is a team that in recent history has had some some decent soccer success for sure. So, um, you know, maybe this is another year where Athena can uh, can make some noise in the boys' soccer bracket. So those are the, the top brackets, what's been going on. Obviously, there's a lot of brackets. We just simply don't have enough time to get to all of them. Uh, but Avon, still cooking. Still, uh, they made it to the, the Class C1 championship game. They're going to take on Williamson, looking for their first sectional title. So of note, uh, out of the smaller brackets, uh, one thing to keep an eye on going forward. And then for volleyball, we have, uh, we started a little bit with the volleyball, like the pre-quarters, the quarters, things like that. But we're going to start getting into, um, do a little quick preview of the the volleyball sectional tournament. We'll start off with the girls' side. Um, I'll start and talk about the favorites here. Um, my, my favorite, I'm going to pick two because it's Penfield, it's Fairport. Uh, out of all the sports, all the classes, all of everything, I think this might be the one matchup to watch. It's Penfield versus Fairport. They've been one and two in the state rankings for most of the season. They played each other three times in uh, before this sectional tournament, twice in the quote-unquote regular season. Uh, Penfield won 3-1. Fairport ended the season just a week ago with a uh, 3-0 win, Fairport over Penfield. And then they also played in tournament earlier this year. Fairport got the win 2-0. So you talk about last year, that Penfield Victor championship game, how it ended up turning out to be the state championship game in all actuality. We could have that same thing shape out in uh, section five this year. Especially because we haven't seen a bunch of girls volleyball this year because of the schedule shaked out. I'm excited to see how this shakes, uh, how it rock out, man. Especially those two powers. That game last year was fun. And get something like that again, man, can't wait. You know, you've got Nicole Bell, you've got Anna Gutman for, uh, for Penfield, you've got um, Lana Wood, their center for Fairport, Kira Cornman, Avery Harris, Megan Clifford, uh, just some of the top dogs for them this year. That's going to be a really fun game. Good luck to anybody trying to knock them off on the way to that sectional championship game. We wish you our best. Uh, good luck. Good luck. And then uh, but, uh, you, you took the, uh, the favorites. Well, I'll go rock with the sleepers. Don't sleep on Mercy. I know the seven and nine record, like, hold on, like what's going on? But they are the two seed and by and large part because of the record they played in the uh, the schedule they played in the regular season. It was, they played a bunch of 
double A teams because they were in double A last year. I'm still confused on how they're single A now, but I'm not an athletic director. I'm not in charge of that. So I'm going to just let that to them. And because of that, the they were rewarded with the two seed, played a tough schedule. They actually beat Menden um, the last game of the regular season, lost to them in five sets um, earlier on in the year. But this is clearly a Mercy team that has the capabilities to take down Sutherland if and when they do meet up. Um, they took Sutherland actually to five sets earlier this season. So I don't know. The, the, this Mercy squad, Sutherland, they better not think nothing sweet because Mercy, they coming. I will just say that uh, their head coach is CJ Denk and um, a big, um, you know, contributor in the girls volleyball community in Western New York. Um, my family, you know, we've talked about my sister before. They know uh, CJ very well. And anytime I go to a Mercy game, I'll send on my sister's Snapchat. We're like, ah, oh, CJ is here. They lose every time I show up. So if you want to talk about the recipe for success for Mercy going on a deep run, I just got to not show up because they never win for me. <laughs> That is noted. Let's let's keep that in mind when we put our schedules together. <laughs> so for the various Pittsburgh teams, anybody you know in their bracket in their regions, if you want to beat Mercy, you know I'm not saying I can be swayed to go to a game, but I'm not saying I can't be swayed. I'm not saying I'm going to root for your team. I'm just saying I might show up. So that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> and that's it for the girls and with the boys. I'm going to uh, go. With uh, it's my favorite, Webster. Uh, they combined with Thomas and Schrader, 18-1 on the regular season. They actually swept McQuaid, and McQuaid is the two-seed. Uh, McQuaid's dominant in the wrong right. I saw Webster this year against Russian Rietta, and they got, like, I forget their names off the top of my head, but they got two outside hitters. Look, it looked like it hurt, all right? <laughs> I'm going to just say that. And um, my girlfriend played volleyball at Syracuse, and I've seen a lot of, you know, heavy hitters. Webster got a couple of those, all right? So, I'm praying for y'all liberos out there. And when y'all going up against Webster, make sure y'all keep your face out the way. Make sure y'all technique is good. Because if you miss, you might end up with, you know, a little bit of a red spot on the side of your face. No, that Webster team is good so far this season. They have kind of um, struggled a little bit down the stretch. Um, like you said, they have those really nice wins over McQuaid, but maybe not the dominant end to the season. Um, they did. I think it was, they lost one of the last games. Do you have that team that they lost to off the top of your, your notes here? Uh, Fairport. Fairport, yeah, another one of those uh, those big dogs in boys volleyball. So certainly not indestructible, um, but certainly the favorite, um, no doubt about that. My sleeper team, I'm going to go uh, kind of way down in the bracket at a six and twelve Rush Henrietta team, who is the number seven seed. They're they're facing Pittsburgh tonight. So by the time you hear this, I could be aggressively wrong about me highlighting this team. But uh, a couple of reasons why I want to highlight them as a team that maybe could make some noise. They would have to win probably three really tough games to win a sectional title. So that might be asking a little bit too much, but they've improved as the season's gone along. Um, they just played Webster um, fairly recently. They lost in five sets and that fifth set was a 15 to 13 loss early in the season. They play them three out. Uh, they played Penfield early in the season. They lost three out the first game. They picked up a set the second time they played them. Fairport um, granted kind of reverses the trend here but then that first time that they played them they took them to five sets so they certainly have the ability to hang with these top teams they've got a lot of senior leadership uh nathan zuber hope i'm pronouncing that correctly is their setter he's got over 500 assists on the season so you got a senior leader at setter um leading the way for you guys and then you've got parker Schonel and jeremy masick hopefully i'm pronouncing those right two of their top hitters also seniors as well 
So you, so you got some recent history where they're, they're feisty with these teams. You got some senior leadership. Sounds like a recipe for, uh, for a little feistiness. A little feistiness, senior leadership. I don't care what sport we're playing. I'm going to rock with that all the time. Yeah, I mean, if it falters the night, well, so be it. But you went with the formula. That's all that matters. You went with the trends and the formula and, and let everything else just let the cookie uh, crumble where they may, okay? Exactly. So, so that's just a look at uh, what we got coming up in volleyball. We'll have a little bit more on that coming up as these teams reach, you know, our, our sectional championship games, semifinals. That should be coming up in the near future. Um, right on the cusp of our sectional championship games are our local field hockey teams. Um, tonight, as we record this, it'll be the Class A ter- Class A semifinals. Um, you've got a, a lot of a, a lot of craziness in that bracket. It's probably going to shape out. You got. Four teams left, Fairport, Brighton, Thomas, Penfield. Just to highlight how topsy-turvy this is, Fairport versus Brighton. Brighton beat Gates Charlotte East Rochester 6-1 in the quarterfinal game. They're going to play in the semifinals, a five versus one. Brighton won in the regular season matchup. So certainly you can't even pencil in the one over the five. And then in the Class B tournament, it's what we've kind of expected all season long, um, certainly. Menden versus Sutherland in that sectional championship game, a Pittsburgh versus Pittsburgh rivalry. Um, Sutherland has lost in the sectional championship game each of the last two years. So, you know, they're going to be hungry to uh, change that a little bit. Yeah, especially, I mean, especially against the rival. It hit different when you lose to the rival twice in a row. That don't, that don't sit right with you. That, so definitely they've been circling down on their calendar. Uh, they were circling that back in, their, uh, back in June when they was uh, working out. It was uh, it was Menden last year. It was East Rochester um, the year prior. So last year it was the rivalry matchup there. Um, but you know, round two, we'll see uh, how we can get that done. And then finally, before we get going here, just want to quickly highlight two of our football games we've got coming up this weekend. Not a ton in terms of you know our quarterfinal games. We expect a lot of chalk to happen. But Carl, what's game the one game that you've got your eyes on as a an interesting matchup in this sectional uh, quarterfinal round. It'll be a 4-5 matchup between Brockport and Arondacoy. I saw Brockport last week against Spencer Port. Game for the ages. Got there at halftime. Brockport was down seven. Ended up coming all the way back, storming back to um, winning a back-and-forth matchup. They went for two at the end. Landon Scott, believe our player of the week. Yes, he was. Man, he did his thing, man. Shout-out to Landon Scott, man. He, man, hell of a ball player. Shout-out to, um, to him. Um, made throw after throw, running the ball. It, it looked like he did not want to quit. Spencer Port, is, they have their own guys in their own right. Cameron Mesh had a couple of disgusting runs that we showed on Frenzy, but I can't wait for that one because around the quick, they got some killers as well on that team. So both teams got some athletes. We'll see who rises to the occasion. Yeah, and Landon Scott, just a sophomore there. So you want to talk about already playing at a high level. You want to talk about even if they can't go on a deep run this year, just getting that playoff experience, maybe getting a win in the first round, that would be huge for the Blue Devils program going forward. And then I'm going to highlight U-Prep versus Fairport. These teams played in week seven. Um, I believe it was week seven. Fairport leading going in the fourth quarter. U-Prep um, needing a, a late touchdown to get that win. So you talk a lot about U-Prep. Um, Fairport, they played their best game of the season in that day. Maybe they have the matchup to, um, you know, if U-Prep's going to keep playing around. Eventually, uh, you know, you can only uh, flirt with a loss so far before it happens. So maybe a time where you prep or you prep shuts us up and uh, and blows out their opponent. Uh, but we will see. That's why they play the games. So that'll do it for us on the High School Huddle Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching, subscribing if you do so. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, RochesterFirst.com, YouTube. 
It's going to be a wild ride down the stretch. We got things heating up. By the time we get to it next week, we're going to start having some state results on our on our deck. We're going to have, you know, semifinals. We're going to have some bursts to these football. You know, we talk about two teams going. So uh, thank you once again for listening. For Carl Jones, I'm AJ Feldman. It is now time to break the huddle. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We will see you next time.